Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. This is UFC Fight Night Thoughts and Comments. Today's card headlined by Sarukian up against Gamrot, two of the fast rising stars at 155 pounds. There is room for stars to be born in this lightweight division, which albeit is still stacked as well. And tonight's main event, we are going to distinguish who could be a potential title challenger in the next year or two. So very, very exciting times for the lightweight division. This fight night card as a whole, really, really underrated for an Apex card. They have put on some real bangers. Now I've just sat down and watched the prelims. I've seen all the preliminary card fights. I will talk about those in a moment, give my thoughts and comments, but we're just about to get in to the main card opener and this can't wait. I have to watch this because this fight feels like it's it's a can't miss one. This one already to open the main card. And I just don't feel like I can miss a second of this. So we have got the action man, Chris Curtis, fast becoming one of my favorite stars inside the UFC. Definitely on the one to watch list. Up against Adolfo Vieira, who at one stage himself was one to watch at 185 pounds. But uh, the thing I most remember him for was that blowout against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, where he tired himself out and got submitted. Since then, he seems to have made better adjustments, and Rodolfo Vieira is still no doubt a problem for anyone in the middleweight division. But yeah, the weight cut definitely affected him. I wonder whether he's got that right here. They've just kicked off first seconds of the fight. I'm going action, man. I think Chris Curtis is going to get a knockout and immediately make a statement and announce himself as someone in the middleweight division that... He's a big-time player, so I really think Chris Curtis is in for a career-defining win here. But Adolfo Vieira, all it's going to take for him is a win to get himself right back in the spotlight. So I'll be back at the end of this fight with my thoughts and comments. All right, consider the main card officially opened with a very exciting fight. No finish, but look, we're about to head to the decision. I think action man Chris Curtis has definitely got it done over Adolfo Vieira. Uh, Vieira, like, yeah, he's worn the more damage, which is how I look at fights. Uh, There are a few different aspects. The biggest one, like, Curtis really put the foot down in the last round in terms of the striking, and he he defended every single takedown. So Vieira's entire thing is his strength and his grappling and his takedowns and submissions. That is how Vieira wins his fights. An action man totally snuffed all of his takedown attempts out. Highly, highly impressive stuff. I'm a huge believer in what Chris Curtis can do. We saw it on his short notice debut where he absolutely starched Phil Hawes. And we've seen it since seen Phil Hawes absolutely destroy Darren Wynn. So we are heading to the official decision now. I would say unanimous decision by Chris Curtis, but I'll quickly check it out. And also I'll suss his uh, fighter interview, see if there's anything juicy in there to report on. So I think Chris Curtis has done enough to get it done, but let's tune into the official decision. Yeah, Chris Curtis. Action Man getting it done. That is eight straight fights. 
I think a real turning point as well was his corner telling him, stop high-fiving this guy. Get his fucking number if you want. Like, this is a fight. He's trying to take half your pay. The corner really fired him up. Chris Curtis came out and responded. That is his eighth straight win, and we have a star at 185 pounds. So Michael Bisping, someone who knows a lot about being a star at 185, he's about to interview Chris Curtis. So I'll check back after the interview if there's anything to report on. All right, no call-outs, anything of that nature in the interview. Bisping did mention, though, how um, Chris Curtis and his corner, they mentioned, like, stop being so fucking nice. And Chris Curtis, obviously, like, a very nice guy, but he has no problem, said he loves violence, so he truly stepped it up and got it done. Extreme Couture, one of the best gyms in the world. Do not forget that. And he's been working hard with Strickland, Albert Durayev, a couple of others, uh, Puniallo Soriano so he's really worked on that takedown defense that showed as well so phenomenal win for Chris Curtis he continues to move up the ranks what a 2022 it has been for the action man now I'll jump on to the next fight in a moment but on the television right now I can see it is the advertisement for our co-main event next weekend Alexander Volkanovsky and Max Holloway for the UFC featherweight championship they will be squaring off for a third time, it is going to be one of the fights of the year, no doubt, with the headline of that card, of course, being Israel Adesanya defending the middleweight title up against Jared Cannonier. We also have Alex Pereira, who is really starting to gather some steam, up against Sean Strickland, who was just in the corner of action man Chris Curtis. It is going to be a stacked card. I've been holding off for a little while as well. If you've followed the podcast for a bit, you would remember I smashed a lot of UFC weekly previews, previewing and predicting the entire card. I've just been doing a house move, but now everything is ready. So the return of preview and predictions will be coming next week. At Not Just a Sports Report on Instagram is the easiest way to keep up or follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. I will be going through that entire card, previewing, predicting from the early prelims all the way through to the main event. And then you better believe, of course, UFC thoughts and comments, just like today, I'll be sitting down and watching the fight card. Looking at the prelims card as well, Donald Cerrone, who was scrapped in the co-main event of the last card in Texas, He'll be taking on Jim Miller in the prelims of that card. That should be a really fun fight. We've got Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner. That is going to be a real sleeper. Like, do not sleep on that one. It is going to be phenomenal. And look, there's a lot lot going on in the UFC. So I am so keen to sit down and predict and go through and preview and just get pumped about that card. So it's always a fun podcast. Definitely keep your ears out for it because, yeah, it's usually very insightful and it helps helps a lot in terms of my picks when it actually comes to betting on the weekends. So now let's move on to our next contest. We've got Nate Manus, who very underrated. Like this guy is a genuine problem and I think he's at the level where he deserves a shot at a real beast and a real beast is exactly what Umar Nurmagomedov is. 14 and 0. He destroyed Brian Kelleher Uh, a bit earlier on in a recent bout and look no one's been able to stop him he's got Khabib in his corner this guy looks like a very very big threat at 135 pounds so the bantamweight division heating up one of the most stacked if not the most stacked divisions in the world this is not just UFC but in the world 
the bantamweights are getting a lot of respect at the moment. So this is going to be a very, very fun contest. I think Umar Nurmagomedov is going to extend his undefeated streak to 15-0. But Nate Maness, he is a genuine test. This guy, don't look at the betting market and think that this is just going to be some walkover. And even if it is, even if it is a very, very quick finish, uh, I still think... I still think this guy is a genuine test. And Umar Nurmagomedov, if he wins this, well, it's truly going to be onward and upward. But if Nate Maness can get the job done, well, holy hell, won't that give him some hype? So I'm going to sit down in a moment once we could return from the commercial break, or once I return from the bloody commercial break, uh, and I will go through my thoughts and comments on this bantamweight contest. But don't forget, next weekend, UFC thoughts and comments, UFC 276, Cannoneer, Adesanya, as well as Volkanovski, Holloway 3. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So I cannot wait to get really stuck in, start watching my tape through the week, write my notes, get all everything down to make it the best possible podcast. I've been waiting since I started this podcast to move into this new house and have a new setup so that I could truly do the best possible product when it came to the preview and predictions. So now's the time. Very excited. Keep your ears out for that. And I'll be back after this bantamweight contest with my thoughts and comments. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, that one went all three rounds, but Umar Nurmagomedov dominant throughout the entire fight. He couldn't put Nate Maness away, though. That tells you exactly what I was saying. Nate Maness is a test, and I know he was convincingly beaten here, but seriously, like, respect to Nate Maness. This is a fight that I'm sure many fighters were not keen to take. He stepped up to test his skills up against Umar Nurmagomedov, and I think this tells us just how good Umar Nurmagomedov is going to be. He is a genuine threat in the bantamweight division, which is stacked. So there are so many exciting potential matchups that could be for him in that top 15. And Umar Nurmagomedov, like this guy, absolutely one to watch. Anyone with Khabib in their corner is seriously someone to consider in that one to watch category. They all seem to be on the trajectory of heading toward a title shot. And Umar Nurmagomedov is no different. So he's got it done easily over Nate Maness, but he wasn't able to put him away. Like, Nate Maness is one tough customer. I am still very excited to see what is for Nate. Uh, but, yeah, undoubtedly, like, Umar Magomedov is just a, an elite, elite talent. So I think Nate Maness has fallen short against someone who could prove to be a real big deal in the bantamweight division. So not much credit lost by Nate Maness for stepping up and taking this difficult fight. And now we see Bisping interviewing Umar Nurmagomedov. He's got Khabib right next to him. So I'll check back if there's anything to report on. And after that, I'm going to jump through the quick prelim results and some thoughts on that. Damn, this guy is going to be such a problem for the bantamweight division. Uh, he says he's ready. If a title shot came tomorrow, he'd be ready. And he's down. He's down for the top 10 guys. He's ready to cause some issues there. And oh, the next fight for him is going to be big. I'd have to say pay-per-view or main event of a fight night, potentially. So we're going to have to see. But Umar Nurmagomedov, like this guy, is a serious star. Like anyone in the bantamweight division now in that top 10 would be thinking, oh, for fuck's sake like you know Khabib's retired he was never in the bantamweight division you think you get out scot-free uh but Khabib's got guys all through those lighter divisions wreaking havoc Umar Nurmagomedov absolutely one to watch that 
That was incredible, but respect to Nate Maness for the toughness that he displayed. But yeah, ultimately, that moment, no doubt, belonging to Irman Magomedov. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump through the prelims results. And after that, we've got four fights remaining. So up next in the lightweight division, we've got Tiago Moises. May remember him. He main evented a fight night a while back against Islam Makashev. Overall record of 15 and 6. He's going to be taking on Christos Giagos. And that, that's going to be an interesting one as well. Tiago Moises, the favorite, but ultimately, like, I think the underdog's a real chance here as well. So, Giagos with a 19 and 9 record, four first round finishes. Uh, if I had done the preview and predictions, which I'd have taken a look at it, I, I was going to go Tiago Moises. A bit unsure on the method of victory, but I'm keen to see what Christos can do as well. So I will jump into that lightweight bout in a moment. I'll wait till they're doing their walkouts. Of course, tonight's main event is a huge lightweight fight, and I am ultimately very excited for the co-main event. Neil Magny, an experienced veteran who he's been saying there are levels to the game, and he's going to show that to his opponent. And his opponent, Shavkat Rachmanov, the Kazakhstani, he is on my one-to-watch list. And he is right near the top. Like this guy, uh, I know Kamzat Chemaev has been stealing all the headlines in terms of someone who is surging through the welterweight division. But Shavkat Rokmanov, he is someone I genuinely believe is on a similar trajectory where he can go toward the top 10 of this division. So really keen to see what Rokmanov can do. But again, Neil Magne saying there's levels to this game. He has a lot more experience. And you only have to cast your mind back to Gilbert Burns and Kamzat Chemaev, obviously different fighters. But again, this guy who is just tearing through the division takes a step up in competition and in experience. And Gilbert Burns pushed Chemaev in ways that we just have not seen. So I'm expecting Magni to do that. I'm expecting a huge showing from Rachmanov as well. There are some other fights to get into, including our main events, Sarukian and Gamrot. I'll be cheering on Gamrot considering I'm of Polish heritage. But quickly now, I am going to jump into the preliminary card results. Starting with our opener in the women's strawweight division, we had a very close contest with Vanessa Demopoulos edging out Ji-Yun Frey. And Demopoulos, two straight wins since really committing herself to the full-time MMA grind. She loves jumping into the interviewer's arms. A uh, bit of a character, but look, I-, I thought like she was the underdog in this one, and I was really thinking she was a chance. I didn't think the value was reflected or that it was closely matched. I thought there was a lot of value, actually, sorry, in Vanessa Demopoulos, and she proved that. I thought the fight could have gone either way in the judges' scorecards, but for intent, Vanessa Demopoulos, she was the one trying to finish the fight or trying to impose her will on this fight. So Vanessa Demopoulos, two straight wins. She's starting to piece things together as well. So I'm excited to see what's next for Demopoulos. I'm sure we will see her before the year is over. After that, in the bantamweight division, it took only 2 minutes and 27 seconds for Mario Bautista to get it done over the veteran Brian Boom Kelleher. I did a lot of research and tape on this fight. I I was very intrigued because Kelleher was such a stern test. He, again, that's a great example of someone who has that experience and has experienced the levels to this game up against someone who's young, confident, and it's that test. You've got to pass the test like Brian Kelleher before you can move your way up the ranks. So Bautista, he passed it with flying colors. He got the submission win in 2 minutes and 20 seconds in the first round, or 27 seconds. And Kelleher had actually attempted a guillotine, but Mario Bautista just 
showing that he was ready. He's ready to continue to move up the divisional ladder. So congratulations to MMA Labs' Mario Bautista. Now, up next in the flyweight division, holy shit, if this doesn't get a 50k bonus, I do not know what will. It was Cody Durden absolutely destroying JP Bays. JP Bays winless in his career throughout the UFC stint. And yeah, I, I honestly, I usually don't like to talk about fighters getting cut. JP Bays seems like he's had a pretty rough time in the last couple of years as well. Um, but yeah, JP Bays, I, I don't know if we'll see him again. I don't know what the contractual situation is, but if his contract was up for a renewal, I don't think they would be renewed. Cody Durden absolutely destroying him. He said, I belong here. And it seems like he does. So C Cody Durden, he responds after a really disappointing loss to Mohamed Mokaev in London and that great card. Cody Durden, he's obviously taken that on board and has come back bigger and better than ever. So I expect Cody Durden to get a $50,000 bonus check. Then after that, Sergei Morozov up against Holian Paiva. Morozov got it done in a very close decision win. Uh, Paiva at stages, like he looked really good in the first round, but Morozov got the job done. Uh, very solid outing from him. Then after that in the featherweight division, Shah Yilan, he got it done over TJ Brown. Uh, what's his, Shah Yilan, he's got it, oh, it's like Shah Yilan Ulanbeke, that's right. It's just got a Shah, Shah Yilan here, but Ulanbeke, he got it done over TJ Brown, who Brown looked okay at stages, but Ulanbeke, in terms of levels to the game, he seemed like he was a level ahead. Tough fight though, both guys pretty hurt after it, but Ulanbeke gets it done. He'll continue to move up the featherweight divisional ladder. And in our featured prelim, well, this definitely deserved the spotlight. We had Carlos Ulberg, who I have a very vested interest in, given that he is from my hometown of New Zealand. Uh, I wasn't sure how he was going to go here up against Tafon in Chukwi, but Carlos Ulberg getting the knockout in 1 minute and 15 seconds. I think Durden's going to get 50k, and right now, as it stands, Carlos Ulberg, no doubt in my mind, he is going to get that 50k bonus check. The Aussies and Kiwis, they love to get those bonus checks. 50k coming the way of Carlos Ulberg, as he now officially announces himself in the light heavyweight division. Alright, as you can probably hear, by uh, Bruce's, Bruce's? Fucking hell. Bruce's beautiful voice. I've lost myself. I've lost myself. But um, we're just about to get underway in this lightweight contest. Giagos up against Tiago Santos. Have a little listen to Bruce, and then I'll be back in a second with my thoughts and comments. How fucking good is Bruce Buffer? Okay, well, that was done pretty quickly. Uh, toward the back end of round one, Tiago Moises just chokes Giagos out got on his back and got it done. Tiago Moises back in the frame in terms of lightweight contention as guys to kind of keep an eye for as they may move through and work their way up the ladder. So Tiago Moises well and truly back in style. That is a very big win for him. And uh, I'll check back after his interview, see if he's got anything to say. But tonight's a big night for the lightweights. So Huge, huge result for Tiago Moises. I'll quickly check in if he has anything to say with Michael Bisping. All right, Tiago Moises not really specifying what's next for him, but still a huge win. He thanked his coaches. The one-armed rear naked choke 
that is well and truly put him back in the frame at 155 pounds. And let's have a look as well. Coming up on July 9th, the weekend after the pay-per-view in the UFC Apex, some banger matches. We've got Caio Borello up against Armin Petrosian. That is going to be huge in the middleweight division. Main event, Rafael Dos Anjos up against Rafael Fazeev. Battle of the Raphaels. That is going to be a fun card. After that as well, the weekend after... Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez. That is going to have a crowd as well, that fight night. So I cannot wait for that one. Michelle Waterson and Amanda Lemos in the co-main. Ling Ji Liang, sorry, Li Jing Liang and Muslim Salikov as well. Matt Schnell and Suma Dajiri. Ricky Simone and Jack Shaw. Wow, that's the first I've seen that one. That's going to be fucking awesome. But up next, we've got a fight between two heavyweights who... Look, in my opinion, I haven't seen a whole lot of awesome during the UFC run. They're not on my one-to-watch list, but that's what makes me feel like one of them is going to have a huge moment here. I'm really hoping. Now, Alan Badeau, he has finished seven of his eight wins, but he's going to be going up against Josh Parisian, whose form is a lot better. Badeau still hasn't been able to show anything of himself in the UFC. So this is going to be a really interesting one in the promotion. This is kind of like an apex-level heavyweight fight with the greatest of respect to both of them. I know that they both, they, they can produce the goods. So I, I am really keen and I'm hoping that they can. And I think one of them is going to, that's my opinion. I think one of these guys, they know that they haven't been overly, you know, creating headlines or making statements to move themselves through the division and really make an impact. So for both of them, they're going to be heading into this one with a lot of fire and a lot to prove. I actually think Alan Badeau is going to get this one done, but it, it could be anything. I really hope it's not a slow-paced one. Uh, I would like to see a finish, and both men are capable of doing it. So now I'm going to sit down for this heavyweight fight. Uh, Alan Badeau up against Josh Parisian. And this one, this one's a bit of a tricky one. So yeah, I, I'm really not too sure where I see this, but obviously given its placement just before the co-main event, Dana White and the matchmakers still see an upside to both of these guys. So we'll see how this one goes down. Heavyweight action coming up next. Okay, last 20 seconds of the round. Parisian has control of uh, Badeau. Sorry, I'm still watching. Oh, wow, Parisian hammering down shots. This is the end of round one, mind you. This is not the end of the fight. Wow. Parisian was actually in trouble. Badeau was looking far better. Parisian looking up at the referee saying, stop this thing. Wow. Wow, the referee's going to let it go to the end of the first round. That could have been stopped. I don't know if people would have complained. Like, Badeau wasn't really intelligently defending himself. Obviously, Alan Badeau wants to make it to the France card in Paris coming up. Uh, but wow, that I was actually about to comment how Alan Badeau had really busted up Josh Parisian's uh, eye, and he looked in trouble, Parisian. He was genuinely compromised. And the finish to the round, I wasn't actually expecting to catch the end to the round. And Parisian absolutely just hammering down. But now that eye is going to be an issue. I thought Parisian could be in real trouble of being finished in the second round because of the eye. And wow, we may look back on that stoppage. I thought that could have been a stoppage, but fair play. Badeau's still going. And like sometimes we complain about early stoppages. So, But like Parisian several times looked up at the referee like, dude, stop this thing. Come on. Like He's not defending himself. I'm just laying into him. But here we go. Now, round two about to kick off. 
Of course, do not forget on Saturday, July 9th or Sunday, July 10th, Australian time in a couple of weeks, we've got Dos Anjos up against Fazeev. That's going to be a fantastic main event as we ease into the second round now. I'm just going to keep tabs uh, live as we go. Parisian going with a nice body shot. I am wondering about that eye, if this one continues standing. But Bedeau got rocked toward that end of the round, so... Bedeau with some nice punches there, and interesting how the judges may see this, because both guys having their moments. I mean, Parisian, you could argue, won the first round just with the end, where he just about finished him. So Parisian again now has a takedown. He's got Bedeau down. Bedeau seems like he's been compromised. He did get punched in the head a hell of a lot at the end of the first round. He's just got punched in the head a couple of times now here as well. Parisian, two from three takedown attempts, 67%, and he is laying into Bedeau. Bedeau's trying to defend himself, but this is the exact same kind of situation as the end of round one. This time, slightly different position on the mat, but Parisian looking really good. I said one of these guys was going to make a statement. Like, I felt like both of them, you, like, sometimes you don't see the best account of these fighters, and then all of a sudden you do, and it's like, I think both of them, that one of them's going to be in that stage. And Parisian at this stage, he looks like he's got it done. Bedeau with an all right start. But since then, like, Parisian has taken total control of the second round. Like, he is literally just hammering him in the head. Referee has got to stop this shortly, surely. Like, Bedeau's not. Bedeau's been almost like this since the end of the first round. So, again, Parisian just bringing him back toward the cage, laying into him. Prusian with many first round knockouts. I believe he's got 10 first round, or not first round, sorry, but 10 knockouts on his professional record. So he knows how to get it done. He's clinching Bedeau up against the cage here now. And look, I can't believe this hasn't been stopped. So now that they're clinching up against the cage, I am going to go back to just watching the fight. Uh, I did think it could end in that first two minutes of this round here, but we will see. Both guys starting to look a little bit tired now. So I'll check back at the end of this fight, whether that be at the end of round two or round three, wherever it may come, I'll be back at the end. But definitely now, my interest is peaking in this one. Prisian once again taking Bedeau down to the ground. I, I may just hold here for a second, actually, because Bedeau has not been able to defend himself in these positions. Prisian looking tired. Both these guys are. I think Prisian's going to empty the gas tank here. He's got Bedeau on the bottom yet again. And yeah, he's got his forearm up against the throat. And now he takes top position. So here we go. He's going for full mount. Bedeau's trying to get out of it. Again, Parisian just hammering down. The big boys are banging away. That's one of the tweets that have come up on the screen. And look, the big boys are banging away. Specifically Parisian. Again, he's just hammering down on this dude's head. This could have been stopped several times. There we go. Referee Mark Smith finally calls it. Parisian is exhausted. He had to give everything but Bedeau Bedeau like that could have been stopped at the end of the first round I'm not being critical of the referee either I like that he let it continue but it was more on the fact that Bedeau just wasn't even defending himself and then it just kept happening Prisian just kept taking him down punching him in the head in the end Bedeau since it didn't get stopped at the end of the first round just ended up copping a hell of a lot more punches to the head Parisian dominant in this one. Alan Bedeau, I don't know if he has a future inside the UFC, similar to JP Bays. So hopefully for Bedeau, maybe they put him on the France card. But 
yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look great for Alan Badoya. He hasn't been able to make a dent in the heavyweight division at all, which is what Josh Parisian has been able to do here. So congratulations to Josh Parisian. He worked really hard there. And I'll suss the interview out because I'm interested to see uh, what the talk is surrounding the stoppage not being done in the end of the first round and being left to go a little bit longer. So Josh Parisian, he does make a statement. I thought one of them was going to. And Parisian, a very impressive statement clearly gassed now but he's liked big win for him so i'll be back after the official decision with the interview and parisian getting it done by knockout or technical knockout rather so i'll get my thoughts on the interview in a moment and then i'll jump in to the co-main event of this card all right the interview mainly consisting of parisian getting well-deserved credit for his performance he thanked his girlfriend oh and his daughter oh Good guy, Josh Parisian. I assume, never met him, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say otherwise. I'm not going to say he's a bad guy. Fucking, I just saw what he did to Alan Badeau. Uh, I think he could take me down pretty easily and do that. So, look, very impressed with Josh Parisian there. I was waiting for something like that from him. And he, he showed the goods at, at certain points, but not to the point where it's like, okay, this is a guy who can start making his run to be in like a main event of a fight night or something like that. So that is the win that Josh Parisian has been working toward. He's been grinding in that octagon and he is starting to see the fruits of his labor. So really happy for Josh Parisian. For Alan Badeau, another dud performance, which is a shame because as I mentioned, that Paris card is coming up. Hopefully, for his sake, he gets a chance to showcase his ability one last time. But for Badeau and JP Bays, like, yeah, they just, at this point, they, they haven't been able to put a dent in the division. And, like, both different divisions. But, yeah, I just think, unfortunately for them, the UFC seemed to kind of move these guys on. So, on a brighter note now, let's get into our co-main event of the evening. I am so pumped for this. If you've listened to the podcast before, you would know about my one-to-watch list. You've already heard about it during this card. Chris Curtis is on it. Excuse me, shouldn't have had a uh, cigarette before. Now, in this co-main event, we've got Neil Magny, who is 29, or 26 rather, sorry, and 9, up against Shavkat Rachmanov, who is 15, and Zip is yet to lose. Now, in this one, Magny will have the height and reach, but look, Shavkat Rachmanov... And this is no discredit to Magny because Magny is awesome. Like, I am a huge fan of Neil Magny. He takes the hard fights. He was requesting Kamzat Chemaev for ages. And he requested Shavkat Rachmanov. He is asking for all the guys that nobody wants to fight. So Neil Magny has my total respect. I am a huge fan of his. And I, if he wins, I will be super stoked for him. But I am on the Rachmanov train. Shavkat has never gone to decision. 15 wins on his record. He has eight knockout wins and seven submissions. So, look, there is no doubt in my mind Shavkat Rachmanov is a problem for everybody at welterweight. He's beaten Alex Oliveira, got the submission win in round one. He beat Michael Prezeris with a round two submission and a spinning hook kick with punches for a TKO win over Carlston Harris last time out earning himself a performance of the night bonus. But Neil Magny is right. This is a huge step in competition. There are levels to this game, and we are about to see Shavkat put to the ultimate test. If Neil Magny wins this, then I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit, and that should be reflected in the rankings and his movement. So, look, I'm a huge fan of both of these guys. I'm on the Shavkat train. I think he's going to get a finish here. But I can see this one going to decision as well. Like, Neil Magny... 
very crafty operator and like wow this is one i actually think i'm most excited for main event as well so these are going to be awesome main events i'll jump into my thoughts and comments in a moment and next weekend ufc 276 adesanya cannoneer volkanovsky holloway strickland Pereira, pedro munoz and sugar sean o'malley that is the main card my preview and predictions as i mentioned will be coming out during the week so I'm so pumped up, as you can tell, leading in to these huge main events for this card. Let's not forget the present moment. So Neil Magny up against Shavkat Rachmanov. What I'm going to do is I am going to go through round by round because I'm really pumped about this one. Could be finished in the first, but I'm going to give my thoughts round by round on this one. Co-main event, welterweight division. Neil Magny up against Shavkat Rachmanov. I'm taking Shavkat by knockout or submission. I think he has the tools to get it done, but this is definitely the sternest test of his career to date. So the undefeated Kazakhstani Rachmanov takes on the Haitian sensation, Neil Magny. I'll be back at the end of round one. Will there be a finish or will we be heading into round two? I am not too sure, but I am so excited to launch into what could potentially be our fight of the night. Alright, round one in the books. I give that to Rachmanov for sure, but that was really entertaining. Neil Magny showing his experience, getting out of some really dangerous and vulnerable positions. Toward the end, he was attempting a heel hook submission, just couldn't get it going, but he trapped that leg of Rachmanov. He really slowed Shavkat's momentum down because Shavkat clearly in control of that first round. Like, he looked awesome. You're seeing, or I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm seeing exactly why I have such high tickets on Shavkat Rachmanov. I believe he's going to come out in the second round and go from strength to strength, but this is a real test for him. Magni, he's been in these deep waters before. He's faced this adversity before. Shavkat, he's getting the arms shaken out. Is he a little bit tired? Has he worked really hard in that round? Has he used up all his gas? We don't know. He hasn't quite been tested like this. So Shavkat, I'm expecting an even stronger second round from him. But Neil Magny, no doubt knows he's down one and nil. And Magny's not here just to fucking compete. He is here to win. So this second round is going to be crucial. I'll check back in at the end of the second round with thoughts and comments as they get underway here. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. We have a contender at welterweight, no doubt, Shavkat Rachmanov. With five seconds left in the second round, he manages to submit Neil Magny. Like, this guy is a serious threat. That's what I believe. Magny is a legend. He's one of the great welterweights of this era. And Rachmanov, it looked easy. Like, he has never gone to decision. He came out in the second round. It was edging so close, just seconds away from that third round. Rachmanov said, no, I am not going to take it to round three. Magny's corner pleading with him to hold on for the remaining five seconds. But Rachmanov gets it done. We see vision of his corner. They are stoked. I'm stoked. I'm fortunate for Neil Magny, who, as I mentioned, I'm a massive fan of. Nothing but respect. He takes these incredibly tough assignments when nobody else will. But now, all of a sudden, the guys in that welterweight top 15, they are going to have to take on this assignment. Rachmanov is knocking on the door. This guy is a serious, serious threat. He is absolutely in my one-to-watch list, and I cannot speak highly enough about the prospects of Rachmanov. 
As I mentioned, Kamsa Chumayev taking a lot of the headlines in terms of this massive surging welterweight. But Rachmanov, he's not far behind. I really hold him in the same kind of ilk. I am a massive fan of this guy's skill set. So going forward, let's see what's next for Rachmanov as he shakes Magni's hand. Nothing but respect. And yeah, wow, Magni just takes those fights that are so tough and none of the other big dogs want to take them. So no credit loss for Neil Magny. He is such a legend, but Rachmanov starting to forge a legacy of his own. We'll check with the Michael Bisping interview, see if he makes any call-outs or makes any statements like that. I'll check with that. And then it will be time to jump into the lightweight main event between Mateus Gamrot and nearly escaped me. I was like, bloody hell, how did it escape me? Armin Sarukian. Armin Sarukian, this is going to be such a highlight fight. Whoever wins this, all of a sudden, we have a genuine new superstar on our hands. So a star is set to be born in our main event here. And as usual in thoughts and comments, in the main events, I go round by round. So I'll check back at the end of every round. If this goes all five in our main event, then I'll cover it all five at the end. So we were about to jump into our main event, but first of all, Michael Bisping about to talk to Shavkat Rachmanov. There we go. Now this interview produced some goods. Shavkat Rachmanov. He had his translator there, but what didn't need translation was the couple of things he said at the end. He said, I'm going to be a champion. One or two years, I'm going to be a champion. I truly believe this guy is legit. I believe he can become the champion. He is top of the welterweight active finishing streaks with four. And look, Shavkat Rachmanov, not only is he a problem for everyone in the welterweight division, but he made a call out as well. I'll mention the call out in a second. Just looking at the cards coming up. Adesanya Kananir with Volkanovski Holloway. Dos Anjos Fazeev, Ortega Yer Rodriguez. And then we go to London. Curtis Blades, Tom Aspinall. There are some phenomenal cards coming up. I could not be more excited, as you can probably tell. But now, let me tell you who Shavkat Rachmanov decided to call out. Stephen Thompson, and he said, good fight. Oh, bit of a motorbike operation going on. Uh, he called out Stephen Thompson. He said, good fight. And I'm like, I agree, Shavkat. Good fight. I, that should be next. Stephen Thompson, Shavkat Rachmanov. That is a hell of a fight. That would deliver, no doubt. Has fight of the night written all over it. So I'd be down for that. I'm sure Stephen Thompson, who's an awesome fighter and always game, would be down for that. And Shavkat Rachmanov, he is such a G. I have massive tickets on him. But now let's move on to our main event in the lightweight division. Mateusz Gamrot up against Armin Sarukian. Now Gamrot is Polish, so I will be cheering him on. But Sarukian, he looks like a legitimate threat at 155 pounds. A star is about to be born tonight. Someone is about to forge their name in the lightweight division. And obviously, look, with McGregor and his lack of activity, Dan Hooker, look, we know he's going to face Clay Guida, but he dropped down to featherweight. Like some of these guys in the rankings, they're not showing the highest level of activity. You've got someone like Tony Ferguson, which we don't know exactly what the future holds for Tony Ferguson. So I have felt for a while there are some places in this lightweight division to turn yourself into a legitimate star. Hey, like, you know, you win enough fights, maybe before the title fight, you fight someone like Conor McGregor. So, like, there are some real, real big opportunities. A lot of guys like Jalen Turner, who I like a lot in the lightweight division. And this main event, we are about to establish 
a new star. Someone is about to really start their push toward a title shot. Now, the winner of this isn't going to get the title shot, but the winner should enter the top 10, in my opinion. And that means, in my opinion as well, a top 10 matchup surely next, which you'd have to think would be another main event. So it all starts now. Armin Sarukian, Mateos Gamrot, one of these men. Now, both of them are still very much fixtures of the lightweight division, but one of them is truly going to cement themselves as one to watch and someone who is beginning their path toward a lightweight title shot. So it is a hell of an exciting main event. Neither of these guys have really been highlighted or featured in this position before. Now, Gamrot, he has fought five rounds before, but ultimately, like these guys, this is their chance. This is the biggest position they have been in in their careers, and one of them is going to step it up. So I'm about to jump into the main event, lightweight division, Armin Sarukian up against Mateusz Gamrot. I'm cheering for Gamrot, given that I am of Polish heritage. And what I'm going to do is check back, as I said, round by round. So I'm expecting we may see a finish in this one, although a lot of wrestling is to be expected. Uh, I think Sarukian's going to win, but I'll go with Gamrot because of the Polish heritage, as I've said. But very, very tough one. So we'll see if there's a finish. But as I said, if there's not a finish, then I'm going to go round by round. Or if there is a finish, I'll go round by round until there is. They are about to make the walkouts now. I am so excited. So I will check back at the end of the first round with my thoughts and comments. Okay, wow. One, round one done and dusted. Neither man stopped, but like honestly, that was exactly what we wanted to see. Sometimes, a lot of the time actually in the apex, you see guys pace themselves. Both these guys have been going full tilt. It has been such high-level stuff. Like, the wrestling has been out of this world. You've got the Armenian, Armin Sarukian, who he looks like a genuine threat, and he's really doing well to avoid Gamrot's attempts to get him down on the mat and put him in bottom position. For Gamrot, well, the scramble. He got himself in some vulnerable positions as well. I'm finding it really hard to get a read. I'm not going to try and score this one. I'll leave that up to the judges if it gets this far. But this is such a high-level, high-paced high intensity fight as i said they're both going full tilt so i'm really interested to see how far this one goes and look if this one goes into rounds four and five i think that will favor the polishman in gamrot i have no idea who's up in that round i was just totally lost in the action to be honest not thinking too much about the scoring we are entering round two now so i'll be back at the end of the second round gamrot saruki and this this is exactly what i wanted from this main event all right, we're in the final 50 seconds of the second round. The general consensus is that Armin Sarukian ahead in a really close fight. A lot of the tweets uh, were presuming that he was up 10-9 after the first round. What I've seen in the second round, very close, but he's hit some really, really nasty leg kicks. He's had a little bit more in the striking. Like when I do look at things from a judging perspective, I like to see damage, intent, striking, grappling a little bit of everything but control as well who's pushing the pace of the fight who's pushing their opponent back and that has been Saruki and to this point been really impressed with the 25 year old Armenian and the Polishman Gamrot in my opinion he may very well be down two rounds so at the very bare minimum now as we finish this second round he's got to come out he's got to win the third round now I think he's going to come out with some urgency to get a finish 
But look, at the same time, like he wanted to drag Saruki in, into rounds four and five. Of course, Gamrot has been a KSW champion, the best Polish promotion, and he's the real deal. So he knows that if he can get into rounds four and five, he can really push Saruki in. But if Armin is already up two rounds to nil, which we don't know, but presumably he could be, then look, Gamrot's got to put the foot down in this third round. Now, you never want to leave a fight to the judges because you just don't know how they're seeing it. This has been a very close fight. Right now, just judging on an overall perspective, I think Sarukian's ahead, potentially even two rounds. So let's see who can get to work in this third round. Gamrot, in my opinion, he really, really needs to put his best foot forward. And these fights are decided by little moments in the rounds. And I think Gamrot, he's got to have the better of the little moments. And best case scenario, he can have a big moment that really makes a statement. So we enter the third round. In my opinion, the Armenian is up over the Polishman. Let's see what happens in the next five minutes. Okay, last minute and a half of the third round. And look, Sarukian looked good in the early stages. Gamrot started to really get things going with the takedown. Now, he's only landed 2 from 10, so 20%. Not so good, but Gamrot had some control. Uh, I think it's really up in the air in the end of this third round. Gamrot just snuffed a takedown. He had top position, but Sarukian's getting back up, going for a takedown himself in this final minute. Like, this has been really close, really hard to judge. Oh, Gamrot throwing some nice punches with his foot caught. Now, like, with 45 seconds to go in this third round, we start to enter the championship rounds, and I feel like if Gamrot can get this round, oh, big kick from Sarukian, then I think if Gamrot gets this round, he can win rounds four and five. So they have gone so hard, full tilt for now, 15 minutes. We're about to enter the championship rounds. This is territory where Armin Sarukian has never been, but we don't know. Maybe Armin has won this round. He could very well be... 3-0 and o going into the fourth, but I think Gamrot has done enough. I haven't paid too much attention to the scoring or the judging. I've been so enthralled by this fight. I think Gamrot, let's say for the sake of keeping this fight alive, Gamrot has won this round or one of the others. Let's say it's 2-1 Sarukian as we go toward the fourth round now. About to hit the championship rounds. I think this is where Gamrot can take control but it is all on the line now this is where the fight is going to be won and lost 10 minutes left to decide this and Gamrot cannot afford to drop another round so he has got to continue and perform his best in this last 10 minutes so entering the fourth round Sarukian looked awesome at stages throughout that contest though he could be 3-0 and up so I think Gamrot, he really needs to start showing urgency for the finish. At the very bare minimum, he's got to come out and he has to have a clear-cut win in this round to send it to the fifth. So I am highly enjoying this fight. What a main event. This is living up to the hype. Both of these guys are stars, but one of these guys is potentially about to crack the lightweight division's top 10, which is a huge achievement given how stacked the division is. So about to hit the championship rounds. I am so pumped. I'll be back at the conclusion of round four with my thoughts and comms. What a terrific fight. We are, oh wow, we're in the last 30 seconds. Gamrot going for a submission here. This looks pretty tight. I, I think Sarukian's about to get out. He hasn't got under the chin. Gamrot, 23 seconds left. Sarukian is scrambling. Armin did have a really good moment where he dropped Gamrot, but Overall, I think Mateos Gamrot, he's wrestled the better of the control in this, and it could very well be two apiece. 
Sarukian could have this one. Gamrock could have this one. Like, we do not know what the judges' thought process is here. This has been such a close fight. I think Gamrot has taken the second round. Has he done enough to win another round? Is it two and two? Or does he need the finish? Like, I think both guys are going to have urgency in this final five minutes. And, oh, wow, they sure highlight big... It was a big spinning back fist that dropped Gamrot. Look, ah, oh, just how do the judges see it? Do they favor the back fist? Do they favor the wrestling and control? This has been such a close contest. So they're talking to them in the corner now. What I'm going to do once this fifth round kicks off, I'm going to cover this final five minutes. I'm going to say it's two apiece. This is the vital fifth round. So this final five minutes, I believe, is where one of these guys is going to get the win. I don't know how the judges have seen it. I have been highly entertained. This is everything I've wanted from a main event. And this is the fight of the night. Both these guys deserving of the 50k bonus. And look, it's been a great day of fights. I've thoroughly enjoyed every fight. Been up all day watching it since the morning Australian time. And here we go inside the UFC Apex Las Vegas. Big lightweight main event. Both these guys looking to break into the division's top 10. Just waiting now. Uh, Both guys just about ready to go. And yeah, I'm going to go through this final five minutes. Will we see a finish here? They are about to get going. Sarukian, you could argue if someone is ahead on the scorecards, it's probably him. But I am seeing it to a piece at the moment. They've kicked off now all Sarukian. A lot of intent coming out of the gate with some furious strikes. That gives him the lead. Just first couple of seconds, all Gamrot fires back with some really heavy hands. So already you can tell both guys... They're not super confident on leaving it to the judges. They know they've got to start stamp their mark of intent here. And just the pace of these guys has been incredible. Like, this has been true main event caliber. And no matter who wins and who loses, both of these guys are guys who should be taken very seriously in this division. I cannot wait to see what is next for both of them. Heading toward the first minute completion... At the moment, look, Sarukian looks really good on his feet. Ah, just, it, it's been so close. So very curious as to how the judges see it. I mean, the Kelvin Cater-Josh Emmett fight, I thought Kelvin Cater only just may have edged out the win, but the judges saw it in favor of Emmett. So you never want to leave it to the judges. Like, both these guys know that. They, they don't feel super confident, and they know it's most likely two apiece. So... They're trying to stamp some intent as Gamrot shoots for the takedown. Oh, and he's successful. Sarukian's been good at getting up in these exchanges, but Gamrot, he's got him up against the cage. This is where Sarukian in that fifth round, it's uncharted territory. You can see that he's tired, and it's it's a test for him like we haven't seen before for Sarukian. So now Gamrot, he's got the control up toward the cage, but they're still on the ground. Sarukian trying to fight his way up. We're coming toward three minutes left in this fight as well. Sarukian, oh, this is this is a big moment. Like, if Gamrot can control this for a couple of minutes, then this could be his fight one, the Polishman. And Sarukian, like, let's say he did win the first two rounds. Well, then that, that sucks. That really does suck for him because Gamrot has taken control. Kind of like he said he would. He talked about the championship rounds, which he's fought in before and Sarukian hasn't. And that's kind of how it played out. Like once it got to the third round, Gamrot really stepped it up and he's taken it up a notch in this fourth and fifth round. Um, but ultimately, look, Sarukian's still looking really good in that fourth round. He, he could very well be the winner regardless of who wins this round. Gamrot again shooting for the takedown. This time Sarukian looks like he's going to get out of it. 
both guys definitely gassed now. I mean, they've gone full tilt for almost 25 minutes now, heading into the final two minutes of this fight. I think if it is to all, I think Gamrot's ahead in this round. Gamrot, look, they're starting to slow down just that little bit. Sarukian, you can see it in his eyes. He knows now that he has to step it up because all of a sudden he's starting to lose control of this fight. Gamrot, I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots for another takedown. Now we officially have two minutes left in this lightweight main event. This is it. Someone's got to impose themselves. At the moment, I'm saying Gamrot's ahead. He's worked his way into the lead, has the underdog. For Sarukian, though, like, as I keep thinking, like, he may have won rounds three or four, one of those two rounds. So it's really curious when you leave it to the judges. You just never know how they're going to see it. Once again, Gamrot shoots for the takedown, but Sarukian, he snuffs it. He is now in top position. Looks like he's going for a submission attempt as well. This would be huge if he can secure it. Gamrot, you can see now in his body language, there is urgency to get the hell out of this situation. This has been such a close fight. Like I'm genuinely interested as to how the judges have seen it. And no matter who wins, the winner will be deserving. And the loser will have every right to feel unlucky. And yeah, it's let's look at the significant strikes. So Sariki in one round one, round two, round three, four belong to Gamrot, and round five in significant strikes at the moment is twelve apiece. So this is literally so even. I think Gamrot has taken control because the striking has been very even here. And, and look, Sarukian, he snuffed a couple of the takedown attempts, but there was just that minute of control where Gamrot did get the takedown and he had that control time over Sarukian. And I think something like that is going to prove hugely crucial. Like as I talk about those little moments that make a huge different Gam- or difference, sorry, I'm caught up in this. Gamrot has just landed another successful takedown I think he's won this fight. I think he's come through rounds three, four, and five and shown championship qualities. Like, I I believed in him. He's the Polish man, the former KSW champion, and he had that caliber written all over him. Sarukian, his most dangerous opponent yet, though. Final 10 seconds of the round. Sarukian's on his feet. He now gets top position. This has been so close. I think Gamrot, the horn, blows 25 minutes of action. That is our fight of the night, no doubt. Very deserving of that main event spotlight. Both of them hands in the air. Like, they have every right to both think they've won. I'm going to go Gamrot. I think by a bee's dick, Gamrot, because of that minor control. And Sarukian, he snuffed some takedown attempts, though. So that could definitely play into it. But I think in those tiny, tiny little moments that matter so much, I think Gamrot has just done enough, but we don't know because Sarukian was awesome in rounds three and four as well, so he very well may have stolen around. But I think Mateusz Gamrot, the Polishman, has done it, in my opinion. We're about to head to the judges, so I'll give it a moment and then we will check in with the official decision. In my opinion, I think Mateusz Gamrot has just done enough to steal this, but no matter which way it goes, the winner will be very deserving. So decision coming up, 155 pound main event. We are about to see someone enter the lightweight division's top 10. All right, unanimous decision. I was correct. Mateusz Gamrot has done it. That was unbelievable. He is so pumped up. He's yelling. Sarukian, understandably devastated. Bisping is straight onto him with the mic. So I'll check the interview and then I will be back to wrap up UFC Fight Night. Thoughts and comments. 
Oh, hell yeah. So Matthias Gamrot thanks his coach Dan Lambert from American Top Team. And, oh, wow, like he, he caps it off with a bit of a shout-out, or a call-out, rather, Justin Gaethje. So that would be one hell of a fight. Dana White, I say book it. This guy is top 10 material. He has just proven it. So is Armin Sarukian. Like, he is awesome. I can't wait to see what is next for him. But the Polishman, I am so stoked right now. So is he. He is running around the cage, hugging his corner, jumping up onto his cornerman. He is pumped. And Armin Sarukian, they're going to have a talk to him. Uh, I'll check in on that. But yeah, Gamrot versus Justin Gaethje. Matchmakers, book it. I want to see that, no doubt. All right, Armin Sarukian. you got to feel for the guy. Like, he looks genuinely just really really bummed about this look and fair fair play like he's an awesome fighter he can hold his head up high that was an incredible main event he now has five round experience he's going to be better back and so much stronger next time around so i can't wait to see what's next for him but tonight belongs to mateos gamrot he has got it done in the main event that was the fight of the night in my opinion and i want to see it justin gaethje mateos gamrot Let's book that one. I reckon that would be a hell of a fight. But look, that's been it for UFC Vegas 57. I won't keep you for too much longer. I've covered all the fights. Don't forget preview and predictions coming up this week for the UFC pay-per-view featuring the main event Adesanya and Cannonier for the middleweight championship. I will be previewing and predicting all the fights. Please stay tuned. I appreciate the support a lot. And on the Instagram page, at Not Just a Sports Report. Or if you follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, you will see as soon as the preview and predictions is out for the big pay-per-view. And then on the Sunday, thoughts and comments from the early prelims onward, I will be going through every fight. And it is going to be one hell of a stacked card. I am genuinely so excited, as you can tell. So that has been UFC Vegas 57 thoughts and comments. Saw a lot of memorable moments. I mean, Cody Durden absolutely dominating JP Bays. That one definitely stood out. Carlos Ulberg, that was a huge knockout as well. I think 50K will be coming his way. Shavkat Rachmanov, Chris Curtis, the action man. And in the main event, Mateusz Gamrot, the Polishman, the former KSW lightweight and featherweight champion, proving his credentials on the world stage. So an unbelievable day. As always, we see progression in the rankings and in the movement of every division. We see stars start to ascend and make their rise. And yeah, we get a hell of a lot of variety. So a highly enjoyable card. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, don't forget to join me for preview and predictions during the week. But until then, that is all for now. I hope you enjoyed your weekend and I look forward to speaking or hearing to you. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. Probably a good time to sign out, right? So look, just fucking, yep. Yeah. See you next time. Thanks for listening.